You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. My message this morning and my title is No Time for Timidity. No time for timidity. And I'm picking up really on a scripture that was brought in one of our prayer meetings. It came out in a prophetic song and then seems to have been present in a number of prayer meetings and in preaches through the last month. I'm taking it up this morning because I believe this is something that the Lord is speaking to us about as a church in this season. And I believe he wants to minister to us today in this regard. Turn with me, if you will. We're going to read from 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 3 to 10. They're coming up on the screen if you want to follow. This is Paul writing. He says, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. As night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. Wonderful. This is God's word. Now, I skipped through the opening couple of verses that essentially say, Dear Timothy, uh, but these are the opening words of a letter from the Apostle Paul, who was being held under house arrest in Rome because of his work for the gospel. And he's writing to Timothy. Timothy was a younger man. Timothy had been raised in a home with a Christian mother and a Christian grandmother. A reminder to all of us, actually, if we've got children at home, to be active in sharing our faith with them, active in raising them, even if your spouse is not saved. Timothy's dad, we don't think, was saved, but we can still raise them up to know and to love Jesus. Timothy was a young man who'd been charged, and it appears gifted, to bring leadership and oversight to one or more of the churches that Paul had been instrumental in planting. And whilst in 1 Timothy it becomes clear that Timothy is in Ephesus, He may still have been there. He may have been somewhere different. We don't know that for sure. But Paul is writing to him. Partly Paul wants him to come and visit him and encourage him while he's under house arrest. But then also he is encouraging him and speaking to him about his life and about his leadership. And so Paul reminds him to fan into flame the gift of God. Now we don't get told what gift that was. It could have been leadership, it could have been preaching, we don't know. But Paul tells him to fan it into flame. And then he goes on to say these words that I want us to focus on this morning. He says, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. I wonder if we could read that together. For, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, 
and self-discipline. Wow. Now, whilst we may not know what gift Timothy was given, so we can't be sure if we have that gift or not, when it gets to this verse, to verse 7, this is not directed purely at Timothy or about Timothy. He's not saying here the Spirit God gave you. He's saying the Spirit God gave us. Thank you. This is good. You're with me. You see, because God has poured out his Spirit since Pentecost on all flesh, every one of us, and it's the same spirit with the same nature. And so this verse applies to us all. The Spirit's poured out on all of us. And the Spirit he has poured out is not a spirit of timidity. As the verse says, the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid. He's a spirit of power who gives power, love, and self-discipline. And I believe the Lord wants to speak and minister this into our hearts today. Now, I think timidity affects almost all of us at some level, with perhaps the exception of Mark Beswick, who seems to be uh, fear nothing, except some food types, I think. <laughs> you know, maybe, if, maybe there's one or two people here in the building this morning, and, and you've never been afraid of any issue, or you think that you could just do anything today, and if God asked you, you'd go anywhere, anything right now, there's nothing you'd be afraid of. Well, you just pray for the rest of us silently while I bring this message, and then that, I think, will help us. But I think this is pretty relevant for most of us. Dictionary.com gives us this definition for timidity. It says it's lacking in self-assurance, courage, or bravery, easily alarmed, timorous, or shy, characterized by or indicating fear. Now, timidity doesn't always look like fear. In fact, I think it very rarely looks like fear, and it doesn't feel like fear. It's not that kind of thing like where the whites of your eyes are showing, that fear, or your, your uh, knuckles are clenched and white because you're so tense. It's not like that. It's not like when your heart is racing with adrenaline and you think you'll never sleep again. Timidity is more of a deep-down fear. It's more of a fear that's hidden, that's going under the radar, and yet still holding you back. Sometimes it masquerades as other things. We think we're holding back for a different reason. Maybe it, we say it's wisdom or prudence or respect even, or there may be other reasons. But if we to really take a closer examination as to what's going on deeper in our hearts, the real motive that we're holding back is timidity. We're timid. We have some fear of some kind. Now, timidity is not to be confused with being a quiet person. You can be quiet and you can be bold. Those two things can come together. And some people are loud just because they're afraid of the silence. So it's not about how loud you are. It's not about quietness or loudness. It's not about gentleness either. You know, we're not called to be strident or abrasive, but we are called to be bold. And that is the opposite of being timid. And I used to be very timid. In fact, I think I've got a photo for you here that's going to come up on the screen. And this is my first school photo, age four and a half. I'm, I look timid, right? I'm even slightly biting my lip. It's like, I was clearly terrified to be at school. Home was my safe place. School was not. I was clearly afraid of the camera, and I'm not sure what else. Probably maths, definitely some of the teachers. It was a frightening place to be. I was timid. Many of us, you know, we can find ourselves timid in a new environment. You know, one of our children, it became apparent, uh, was not at all timid when they went to school. 
uh, in the primary school where my children went, what would happen if they did a really good piece of work is they would be sent to show it to the head teacher and they would get what was called a head teacher's award. A beautiful gold sticker that they'd stick on their school jumper and it said head teacher's award in big letters. And you know, they'd come out of school, they'd skip out proudly. Head teacher's award today, mum. And you'd see children come out into the playground, you know, the gold flashing in the sunlight. You know, it was, it was the prize. You might get one of those once a term, maybe twice a year. That was what, what they aspired to. And then one of our children uh, went through a phase where they started getting head teacher's awards really often. I mean, like, once a fortnight often. And, you know, we were beginning to think, we, we've got a child prodigy. We have given birth to a genius. We were thinking like this, you know, he's off the chart. What's going on here? But a sibling rumbled him. One day he said, wait a minute, have you been asking for these? And it transpired that uh, one of our children had worked out the system, and therefore whenever his class teacher affirmed him for the work he'd done, he would simply reply, should I go and show the head teacher? <laughs> on which occasions normally the class teacher would say, well, well, yes, go on. And of course, the head teacher wouldn't question it, would just get out the gold stickers. There you go, lovely. And the prize was won once again, and off he'd go. He was bold, he wasn't timid. He'd worked out how it worked, and he went after it. In some ways, very commendable. Not to his sibling, that was a despicable behavior. But you know, he just, he knew how it worked, and he put it out there. He was not timid. But many of us are. In many ways, we find ourselves timid. You know, perhaps you're here this morning, perhaps you don't speak to people you don't know, either in church or outside of church, simply because you're timid. Maybe there's a promotion going at work, but you're not 100% confident you could do the role. Maybe that's particularly true if you're a lady. And because of that, you don't apply for it, only to find that someone gets recruited who's still got more to learn than you have. In the first service, there was a real like rumble of witness to that. It was like, oh yeah, yeah, I've been there. Maybe you've got a business idea that you'd love to pursue, but there's a risk and you're afraid of failing and so you're timid. Now, of course, there's wisdom and there's sensible business planning need to be put in place. We need to not be reckless. We can find ourselves too timid to step out and so a dream never gets fulfilled. Maybe it's a God idea you've got, not just a good idea. You know, maybe on a more trivial note, maybe you think of trying a new look, a new hairstyle, or maybe just dressing a bit differently to how you've dressed for the last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years maybe, but you're just so conscious of what other people might think, and you're timid, and so you don't do it. Some of us don't have the luxury of wigs to try things out. And you know, there's friends and family around our lives who don't know Jesus, but sometimes we never talk to them about our faith is we don't want to think, they don't want them to think we're weird and we don't want to make things awkward. We're afraid of their response and it makes us timid. Or maybe in our workplace, we know that not everyone likes Christians and we don't want to make it difficult for ourselves, so we just keep it on the down low. We just keep our head down and stay timid. Or maybe we want to share Jesus and want to talk about him, but we're conscious of all the things that we don't know. We think, what if I start talking about Jesus and they want to talk about creation and evolution? Or worse still, sexuality. What am I going to say? And what if the conversation goes somewhere and I don't know how to handle it? And so we stay timid and we don't go there. We don't even share the things that we do know 
because of the things we're not so sure about, maybe. And we can all be afraid of being misunderstood. And it's a really painful thing to be misunderstood, don't get me wrong. But the fear of being misunderstood can render us timid. We try to manage how other people are going to perceive us, and we stay locked in. Maybe you're here this morning, and you've got a great singing voice, or maybe some other musical talent, but nobody really knows because you're afraid that if you let somebody hear and they, they may not affirm you. And so you've just kept it secret and quiet. And what could have been used to bless others, or even better still, to help them worship, just remains locked in. And if that's you, you need to come to the audition next Saturday and let someone draw you out of your timidity to find your gift and to use it. Now, sometimes we think the Holy Spirit might be prompting us to, to encourage someone or speak to someone, but because we're not 100% sure, we leave it and we go home. And then we sit there later thinking, should have said that. Should have said that when I didn't. And you get a bit frustrated with yourself, but we're, we find ourselves timid. We want to express our worship to God, but we're so conscious of who might see us and what they might think, and so we don't raise our hands. Or perhaps you sense God calling you to something, but when you look at the call, it seems big, and you look at yourself and you feel small or inadequate or timid. You know, that's really normal when God calls you to something. He rarely calls us to something small. So many ways that timidity can limit us. Countless more that we could go on and there'll be other expressions in our lives across the room. So many ways that it pegs us in and holds us back from being the children of God, living fully and freely as he desires us to. You know, when I was younger, I would often unhelpfully quote the words that Jeremiah says in his first chapter. He says, I'm only a child. He says, I'm only a child. I'm only small. It's like a bit of a qualifier. It's like I don't need to really expect to do anything significant. I'm only small. I'm only a child, until one day God said to me, as he said to Jeremiah, don't say, I'm only a child. But God said, I'm gonna use you, so don't say that. You need to stop rehearsing your timid position. Don't say, I'm only a child. See, for so many of us, timidity is so common, it's so familiar to us. It's, it's part of our lives. If you like, timidity has fashioned the borders and the edges of who we are and what we'll do because it determines how far we go and what risks we will and won't take. And so it feels acceptable to us, it feels normal, we tolerate it, we allow it. In fact, oftentimes, we're even grateful for it because it stops us feeling the fear of stretch or challenge or having to step out. And at the heart of timidity is really a fear of not being enough or not having enough or not doing enough. A fear of stepping out and it not working out in some way and me being found wanting. It's gone very quiet in the room. You know, when we are timid, we play it safe. And the problem is then we kind of withdraw back to a place that's comfortable and often a place where we're more in control and we leave no room for God. We just withdraw back to a place where I've got it. I'm just going to stay within the realm of what I can work out. If you like, timidity removes the window for God's intervention. But on the contrary, when we step out trusting God, we deliberately construct the circumstance so there's space for him to step in, space for him 
to move, space for him to act. And this is why God's spirit and a spirit of timidity really are incompatible together. Because if we shape our lives around one, it diminishes the impact of the other and vice versa. The spirit God gave us does not make us timid. Your timidity is something that the enemy uses to limit and to quieten and to disempower the church of Jesus Christ. Just keeps us pegs in, keeps us quiet, keeps us thinking we're not enough. This is why Paul writes to Timothy and reminds him. This is why it's important for us to be reminded this morning of this word. The spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power and gives us love and gives us self-discipline. And I find it so helpful that in this message here, Paul is not essentially saying, so you need to sort it out. He's not saying you need to push harder, you need to man up, you need to get over it, or whatever other words you might use to say, it's up to you to sort this out and to try harder and do better. No, he's not saying that. He's saying the key here is in the spirit of God that you have been given. The key here is in the Holy Spirit. He's already been given. We already have the answer. It's in the power. It's in the love. It's in the self-discipline that the Holy Spirit gives every believer. You know, these three words, they're not just three random adjectives that could be used as descriptors for the Holy Spirit to make the sentence work. Actually, these are three components that Paul is giving to Timothy to highlight what we need to access from God so we can break out of a place of timidity. These are keys, power, love, self-discipline. So we're briefly just gonna look at each of these three. So first up, the spirit God gave us gives us power. Why don't we read what's on there? The spirit of God gives us power. Let's read that together. The spirit of God gives us power. You know, we can be timid sometimes because we're not sure if we're enough or if we have enough. And we see the demands of a situation or a circumstance and we think, I, think I don't think I'm going to be enough for that. And the answer is not necessarily that we start to think we are enough, because we may well not be. But the answer is that we begin to grasp that God is enough. He is sufficient. Any situation, any circumstance, however much of a, a mess there is, or chaos there is, or whatever level of need, He is sufficient. He's the God of the impossible. He is always enough. Listen to these words that Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. It's actually a prayer that he says he's praying for them. He says, I pray that out the eyes of your heart, sorry, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and here's the really key bit, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. He says that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Wow, incomparably great power for us who believe. That's us in the room, us who believe. The spirit God gives you gives you power, not just any power, but power that can raise the dead. In fact, power that's been tried and tested in raising Jesus from the grave and seating him on the throne. That's the same power, he says, that is for you who believe. The spirit God gave you gives you power. You know, I can feel timid 
But the truth is that God's word says that his spirit gives me power, incomparably great power. I will not have enough, but his power is enough to cover what I don't have. This is grace. His abundance meets my shortfall, and we can carry on. This is what he does. And many of us, probably all of us, we struggle to grasp this message that we've been given incomparably great power, that the same power that raised Christ from the dead has been given to every one of us. It's difficult to grasp because we don't always see it and we don't feel it. And so we need to ask God to help each one of us to get it, that we'd grasp it, not just in our heads, but also in our hearts, and then we'd see it and believe it and act on it. If we're not careful, what can happen is because we don't really get it, and because we don't step out and see it out work, and because we don't feel it, we ignore it. I think, well, just ignore that verse because it's too big. Don't get it. It's too far out there. And yet it's a key to us breaking out of our timidity. It's a key to breaking fear off us, to understand what the Holy Spirit makes available to us so that we then might dare to act on it, to take God at his word. You know, wherever you read something in God's word and you don't feel it, those are the words you need to focus on. Those are the words you need to learn. Those are the words you need to talk to God about in prayer and say, I don't line up with this yet. I need you to keep working in me until I do. And I wanna encourage us to talk to God about what it says in his word, but then also to ask him to fill us again with his spirit. As often as we need to say, Lord, come and fill me again with your spirit. Fill me with your power again today, your incomparably great power, so that he would give us power. Power to pray and see people healed. People in your family, people in your workplace. Maybe power to help other people encounter God, as we see so often on healing on the streets. Or maybe just to begin with simply power to help you to be bold and overcome your timidity, to step out more, to speak out more. I wanna encourage us, keep putting ourselves in places where the presence of God is. When the presence and the power of God are somewhere, it helps us to become more bold. I've noticed this so much when I'm somewhere where the gifts of the Spirit are being used, when people are bringing words, when I notice it particularly when Nick Reske, our prophetic friend from Australia, comes and, and ministers. I find like maybe nothing's been spoken over me, but I walk out the room and I feel a boldness that wasn't there before. I've not been made more bold. I've just had something imparted to me by the presence of God because the Spirit God gave us, gives us power. So we need to keep coming into those places. Keep in our own time with God, just say, God, I, I need you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. I need you to fill me with your power again today and to make me bold because the Spirit God gave us gives us power. The second one here, the Spirit God gave us gives us love, or the Spirit of God gives us love. I wonder if we can say that together. The Spirit of God gives us love. You know, sometimes we're timid because we're not actually convinced that God loves us. We know that God loved the world and that God loves the world, but I'm not always convinced that God loves me. Do you know something happens when we really believe in our hearts and in our spirits, when we know that the one who made the cosmos, the one who said, let there be light and there was light, when we really know that he loves us 
as an individual, something begins to change in us. We already become less timid. It loses its hold on us because we know that God is for us. And I hope you know this morning that you're a beloved son. I hope you know this morning that you're a cherished daughter. I hope you know that he sings over you like a father singing over a, a little baby in whom his heart rejoices. I hope you know that in Christ you're accepted, you're approved. You're not trying to earn anything. He's already promised he's never going to leave you or forsake you. He's never going to walk out. You know, where Luke began the meeting today, behold what love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. He has lavished his love on you. He sent his son for you, so you wouldn't be stuck far from him. He sent his son, and then he's poured out his spirit on you, given him to you. And I'm going to say, for me, like for you, when the spirit moved in, it was not a good-looking house. It was not in good shape. It needed some serious renovations. And Holy Spirit says, I'll go. I'll move in and I'll, I'll do it on the job. I'll live there and we'll do it up day by day. That's what he does. That's how much he loves you. He's moved in to work with you, to renovate you from the inside out. Some more words from Paul. He says in Romans 8, the spirit you received doesn't make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, essentially brought you into the family. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children. But he's saying here, the Spirit of God gives us love and he comes to testify on the inside of us. It's like, I know that if I speak into your head, sometimes it just gets stuck in your head or it goes in one ear and out the other, but you still don't feel it. So I'm gonna put my spirit in you and he's going to kind of shout on the inside, be an insider witness to the fact that you have the right to call him father, to call him daddy, papa, abba. He loves you. The Holy Spirit comes to minister to you in the deep places of your heart and your spirit so you can know it and so you can believe it and so you can have confidence in it. We're helped further by John in his letter saying that perfect love drives out fear. You know, when we let his love fill our hearts, then timidity begins to get broken off us as his love fills our hearts. We let his love fill us. So perhaps, again, with this area, we need to come to Holy Spirit and be unashamed about coming and needing him. The Lord knows we need him. That's why he poured him out for us. And invite Holy Spirit and say again, would you fill me again today? Would you fill me with your love again today? I just need to know that I'm loved. You know, if you made that your prayer every day, that's a good way to start the day. I need to know that I'm loved by you at the start of the day. Ask him to help you to get it, to really know it. Ask him to come and to fill you and be still in his presence, in your lounge or in your kitchen or wherever you can take five or 10 minutes in the morning. Allow him time to minister to you. You know he wants to start the day by reminding you and ministering to you that he loves you. He wants you to leave the house knowing that you are loved, that you are precious, that he has given everything for you because he loves you. The Freedom in Christ course will run later in the year and that also gives some really helpful and practical tools 
for getting some of this stuff into our heads and our hearts so we can really grasp our identity as sons and daughters in Christ. So look out for that if you think that would be helpful to you. But when we know that we're loved, it begins to break timidity off us because we have a confidence in who is with us and how much he is with us because the Spirit of God gives us love. So thirdly, the Spirit God gave us gives us self-discipline. The Spirit of God gives us self-discipline. I wonder if we can say that together. The Spirit of God gives us self-discipline. Now, I know this is not like, once you start saying the word self-discipline from the pulpit, the risk is everybody goes, oh, no, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> don't want to hear this. Uh, but stay with me. Self-discipline, this is a, a term, actually, that only appears once in the whole of the New Testament. And it's a, a Greek word, or no, New Testament Greek word, sophronismu. And actually, you'll have seen, if you're familiar with different versions of, or different translations of the Bible, it can get translated some different ways. So it can get translated as self-discipline, or a sound mind, or wise discretion. They can sound a little bit different, but really what we're talking about is Self-discipline that demonstrates prudence and wisdom. Now, some of us, probably all of us, can struggle in some ways in our life with our self-discipline. And I think we can be timid because we know where there's some inconsistencies on the inside of our lives. We know sometimes where our actions and our life don't really quite express the things that we say we believe. And so we end up being timid because it doesn't all quite add up as a firm foundation for us then to have confidence to build on. And it couldn't feel uncomfortable to admit that. Like not everything quite lines up in my life. The things I say I believe, the way that I act, the things that I do, but it can make us timid. And once again, the wonder here is that these verses are not coming to say you must try harder and you must sort out the self-discipline, even though the word self-discipline would suggest that to be the case. Now, of course, some of us need to do take a little bit of responsibility for what we're doing with our lives, but that's not the drive of this word. It is reminding us that, yes, we should be self-disciplined. We should be living out our lives wisely. We should be living them out of the overflow of thinking and understanding that's based on God's truth. That's a sound mind. Actually letting those things impact what we live and what we do. I hope you know that your actions will always be an overflow of your thoughts and your beliefs. Which is why if we don't sort out a sound mind, if we don't sort out the things in our brains and our heads that don't line up with God's word, we're always going to wrestle to live it out. But the Holy Spirit comes to help us. I just love it that he doesn't say, just be more self-disciplined. It says the Holy Spirit comes to give you self-discipline. He comes to help you. He comes to give you a sound mind. He comes to remind you of truth to remind you the things you read in the Word, to remind you of actually what isn't true, helps you, helps us deal with the lies and the rubbish and the unbelief that can be in our heads. And I know it's not just me, so I can say it with confidence. Sometimes there's stuff in here that doesn't line up with what God says about us and about others and about our situations. He gives us self-discipline. He enables us to live with wise discretion. We may struggle to find it in ourselves, but we can always find it in him. And again, we come to a point of need with the Holy Spirit, of saying, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you. 
I need you to fill me. I need you to give me self-discipline. Come again today, point out what's true in me. Help me have a sound mind that I can then live it out in the things that I do. And he moves us out of timidity and into a place of boldness because the Spirit of God gives us self-discipline. Now, I still have to keep inviting Holy Spirit to come and fill me. I still desperately need Holy Spirit. I need his power. I need his love. I need his self-discipline so I can keep pushing forward out of timidity. I've made countless choices not to hold back and to step out, but I have to keep doing so. Do you know I found even this week with the prayer of Jabez that we were taught last week, I've just been trying to use it this week, and I found, you know, you get to the second line and it says, enlarge my territory. And I found myself, as I go to say it, I found myself slightly reticent, in fact, timid. I begin to think, enlarge my territory. Do I really want that? What, what could that mean? What could that cost? Where will that lead me? What timidity is there, fear. And I have to choose to put it aside and say, Holy Spirit, help me. I don't want to be pinned back because I'm just afraid or I'm timid. I want to walk in everything you have for me. You're only ever going to enlarge my territory in line with your purpose and what you've made me for. Help me not to be timid. And so I'm going to pray it and say, Lord, enlarge my territory. And once you've got that far in the prayer, then you have to carry on. It's like, let your hand go with me and protect me from harm. Those things are needed. I still find timidity in me. I find it particularly in the area of healing. I first went on healing of the streets when I was in Nottingham over probably 10 years ago. And I know I need to keep praying for sicknesses to be healed. And I've seen people healed, but it's never comfortable. It always draws me out of my timidity. When you pray for someone to be healed, and then you're going to say, try it out at the end. And immediately everyone's going to be able to see if it's been answered or not. It's not very comfortable. But I'm faced with the conundrum. It's like, will I dare to stand by a bed when someone's clearly dying and speak life in Jesus' name in the face of death? Because sometimes that's what you have to do. I don't want to get there and be too afraid. I don't want to be too timid to say, well, actually, I can't pray that here. That's too big a prayer because he has given me incomparably great power. There's always still questions. What if you don't heal? What if you don't come through? Those, those are there for all of us. They don't go away. But it's just to make us timid and to keep us pegged in. And if I never pray for someone to be healed, I'm never going to see someone healed. But if I keep praying, then sometimes I will. And I choose to remember that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the incomparably great power that God's Spirit has given me. It's like he's given it to you. Whether we use it or not is another matter, but it's been given to all of us. So I just decide I'm gonna keep praying. And every time I learn a bit more, and every time I break out of timidity a little bit more, I choose to believe what God says. And I'm not gonna be held back by just being too timid to go there. And by God's grace, in this last year, in the six particularly where we've made more room, we've, we've seen God heal. We've seen him heal toes and knees and hands 
We've seen him stop the growth of a brain tumor. He's, he's given us words of knowledge across the team for people that we've never met before, who've turned up for their first time into church having Googled churches, and they arrive and find that God has given us a word for them and wants to heal them. Wow, what a God. And it's led them to give their lives to Christ and come home to him. But we have to keep stepping out of our timidity to reach people with the love and the power of Christ. We need to keep asking him for his power, for his love, for his self-discipline so he can lead us into everything that we have. I have to keep asking for Holy Spirit all the time. I desperately need him. I wish I'd got it all nailed already. It would be so much more comfortable to stand here and just tell you, well, this is how you do it. But I'm still learning. I'm still desperately reliant on this spirit who gives power, who gives love, who gives self-discipline, and I don't know another way. Maybe it's more helpful that way. I think we all desperately need the spirit of God. He doesn't give us a spirit of timidity. He's a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. I'm aware this morning there's some thoughts to take away in what I've brought. There's some ways for you to pray this week in your personal time with God. There's a challenge for all of us to keep stepping out and to not hold back. But I wanna give us opportunity to respond this morning. I'm gonna invite the band to come and join me. And simply in a moment, I'm gonna invite us to stand for those who want to respond, those who say, this morning, I wanna say, I need more Holy Spirit because I want to break out of a place of timidity. And I need you, I need your power, I need your love, I need your self-discipline to come and to pull me out of this place and help me to step in to what you have for me. And we're gonna give room to receive from him. So right now, if you wanna respond this morning, say, yeah, I'm gonna step out of timidity, but I need you, Holy Spirit, then just stand to your feet right where you are. Don't worry about who else is standing, that's part of the response. It's stepping out, regardless of who's looking, regardless of who is watching, and saying, I know I need to step out, but I need you, Holy Spirit. And I reach out to you in this place this morning. And where you are, perhaps position yourself to receive, it might help you to open your hands out as if you're gonna receive a gift. Maybe you're not sure if you've ever received the Holy Spirit before. Well, really, it's just a matter of breathing in. You don't need to do anything else but just to open your heart. Father, we thank you that you didn't leave us as orphans, but you poured out your Holy Spirit. You gave us your Spirit to be with us and to equip us. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in every single one of us. And we thank you that you are not a spirit that makes us timid, but you give us power and you give us love and you give us self-discipline. All the things that we need, you come and provide and you minister into our hearts. And we're so grateful and we need you so much. And so I just ask in this moment, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill every heart and every life every man and woman, every young person who stands to receive from you. Holy Spirit, would you fill them this morning? Fill them with your power afresh. Fill them with your love. Testify in them that they are a son and they are a daughter and that you are daddy. And fill them with self-discipline, a 
sound mind, wise discretion, that they might be empowered to break out from a place of timidity and walk and run in everything you made them for, everything you have for them. Minister in this place, Holy Spirit. Just receive from him. Breathe in his presence. Let him minister to your soul.